the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In the 11, good morning, everyone. It's Saturday, January 14th, 2023. Good old 710 KNUS. It's going to be mild and dry. This city has done an absolute horrible job with side streets and all the, looks like tank tank traps out there and the Burma Road. And now, I don't know, mild dry 40, excuse me, 55. But tomorrow, some rain to snow comes back 47. Dr. King's holiday, clearing skies in 45, and Tuesday, a ski day, 43, will be the high. Um, in a significance, and it is uh, was interest, right prior to Christmas, the government has what they call drops. They drop documents. And the primary review of those files that came down on the release was looking at the Jack Kennedy assassinations. Again, more, there's like 548 pages, I think. The claim was there's some 5 million more pages held back. The classified materials are always part of the debate when the 64 Warren Commission assassination of Jack Kennedy. But in my years of reading about it, I'm no expert, just a reader, that it covers an expanse of so many different things. Understanding Cuba, understanding organized crime, understanding U.S. foreign policy, the CIA, Understanding the Cold War, understanding Cuba and the Kennedy assassination and the Vietnam, eventually what goes in the Middle East with the Bush-Cheney people. But I want to play a cut. This was, and I'm not big on playing cuts, but I thought this was interesting. This was the how it was handled in the news, and then we'll go back to our guest, Sarah Peterson and Katana Zachary, two women historians, Lone Star Speaks. So, uh, Blake, if you would, play that cut. Transcripts of Lee Harvey Oswald's calls to Soviet embassy from the JFK file release. Weeks before assassinating President John F. Kennedy, an American with poor Spanish and terrible, hardly recognizable Russian called Soviet and Cuban embassies in Mexico City, trying to secure long-term visas. The man was Lee Harvey Oswald. Newly released files from the CIA detail his visit to Mexico City and efforts to secure passage from the United States. Oswald sought visas for himself and his wife to travel to Odessa, a city in southern Ukraine. Oswald traveled to Mexico City and visited the Soviet embassy, but no photos were recovered of his visits, despite CIA efforts. His calls to the Soviet embassy took place on September 27, 1963, and were translated by personnel at Mexico City embassies and provided to the FBI in a memorandum. Related, who killed JFK? A recap of Lee Harvey Oswald's assassination timeline. The same day, Sylvia Duran, an employee of the Cuban consulate who spoke Spanish, called the Soviet embassy on Oswald's behalf on September 27. Oswald could not receive a Cuban visa without the Russians first approving a visa, and she asked where they were in the process. The Russians explained that they received Oswald's request for an extended visa to Russia with his wife, but that it would take four to five months to get an answer from Washington about approving it. The Russians refused to recommend Oswald for a Cuban visa, where he knew nobody, because we do not know him. The next day, Duran and Oswald called the Russian embassy and he continued to call the Soviets to ask about the status of his visa. The last recorded phone call happened on October 1st and was released in the last batch of JFK files. It ended with the Russian hanging up on Oswald. Oswald departed Mexico on October 3rd without a visa. 
Oswald assassinated JFK on November 22. Below are excerpts of CIA-released transcripts of Oswald's presumed attempts to secure passage from the United States after killing the president. September 27 at 10.37 a.m. A person who sounds like an American speaking poor Spanish, later identified as Lee Harvey Oswald, telephones the Soviet embassy. Five minutes after the hour morning, everyone. Our guests are in Texas. Uh, they've been with us a few times in the past. The book is wonderful. Lone Star Speaks, historian Sarah Peterson and Katana Zachary. You know, I, when I read that, and I read it like between Christmas and New Year's, and in it, they, they got this stuff, the CIA, the CIA officer, that document's written by a CIA officer, December 63, Jack Kennedy's dead. And they don't turn this over, or best of my knowledge, it doesn't appear anywhere. Why would they? Why? Why would they not give this? Or I don't know if Earl Warren and Gerald Ford and Alan Dulles, maybe Alan Dulles, these guys had actually seen this material. What do we do with that story right there? That that part of it. So, content if you go first. Well, one thing I was listening carefully to that as it was being read. One way that it was misworded, I think, is they should have said um, someone who identified himself as Lee Harvey Mm -hmm. Oswald. Mm -hmm. And the point is, I think even the CIA realized, but let's face it, the CIA and the FBI know a great deal more about what each other are doing than they admit. I think they realized that the FBI was on to them that the picture was not going to match Oswald, the boys didn't match Oswald, and who could have set this up except for the CIA? So we certainly don't want to point any more fingers at ourselves than other people are already pointing at us. So I think that would be one reason why it would be like, okay, let's we can push this story maybe to the Warren Commission, uh, but we've got to be careful how we handle it mm. because J.F. doesn't believe it already. No, he doesn't. Um, Sarah, um, yeah. I mean, and again, I, I, I always read about Oswald going into, um, Mexico and there were people that said they saw him at a party. Remember that? But then, then the establishment attempted back then to discount all of that. And now the reality is, or at least I believe Oswald was maybe high degree of probability he's there. And, and he's, ref- the, uh, the Oswald, they're trying. One of the Oswalds okay. there says that you follow the Marine who went to the Monterey School of Languages and learned Russian. That Oswald spoke Russian fluently. So this couldn't be him. And the one picture that they release is definitely not the Oswald that we saw arrested for the assassination. So why aren't there other pictures of the Oswald that was arrested? Don't know. Don't know. But not to interrupt, but the question I have is why was this all suppressed all these years? You're answering it, I know, but I mean, for the average rank and file guy, who lived through it or realizes the effect of it, think about something this significant that never gets before the commission. Wow. 
and there were several items that didn't get before the commission. That's what's so scary in talking about that it keeps going year through year through John, through Robert, through Martin Luther King, through Malcolm X, through Watergate, because I believe that was also a setup. Yes. Through everything. And the million-dollar question is, how do you stop it? That's just it. How do you stop it? That's I what thought it was very interesting when Speaker of the House McCarthy said this week that he wants commissions based like the church commission, mm-hmm. church which, was the, which was the first commission to look at this. And then I want to want to say this because I was watching things. Uh, I was watching the vote in the House and the ones that were holding out and not voting for McCarthy. Were is that how the United States needs to go to change and to stop what has been happening for so long yeah. in the United States? Were they the, were they doing something that was right to maybe change? make the change finally of of these typical patterns. They are rep- they're repetitive, incredibly repetitive as a as an amateur reader. You just see it you see it in my lifetime, in a you know, very short amount of time historically. I still believe and I said it in the intro to bringing you guys on, if you can begin to understand Cuba organized crime, the murder of John Kennedy, the hit, the whatever you want to call it. And then, but the Cold War and, you know, and all these different things, they tie together again and again and again and again. The demise of the Soviet Union and then George W. Bush and Dick Cheney, who I believe should be tried as war criminals, they do it again. And now it's being done in Ukraine and they're doing it again. And, right. and we have the you know you have the wake of Vietnam, you have Watergate, you got House Select Committee that we talked about, and I I like the idea of bringing that committee back, but it's public cynicism. I mean, I, I mentioned that Gallup poll that nobody believes nobody believes very few people accept the Warren Commission, but the government lied us into Vietnam, lied in Watergate, as you point out, lied about the aspects of the assassination of Jack Kennedy. If the CIA and the FBI had lied to the commission. Reasoning went, they clearly have something to hide. Does that does that make sense? Of course. Yeah. Now, Peter, another thing I think with hindsight, we have to think about if we start new commissions, things of this nature, who we have to be very careful who we put on these commissions mm-hmm. because look at the Warren Commission. <laughs> Alan Dulles obviously oh. placed up there to protect the CIA. And Alan Dulles had been fired by Jack Kennedy. Right, but he was there to protect oh, absolutely, the Absolutely, absolutely. And Gerald Ford was the liaison uh, between absolutely. the committee and the absolutely. guys. Sam, the guys that... Guys so that, if the people on the commission are protecting people, how are we going to ever get to the truth? And guys that... Wasn't it Lyndon Johnson? Who was it Lyndon Johnson had to beat into coming on it because the guy wouldn't be in a room with Earl Warren? That's 
Richard Russell. Richard Russell. Russell. That's that's right, Mr. Richard. And he said he would not even be in a room with Earl Warren. Not even he, he hated Earl Warren. If you look at how few times uh, Warren and all of them showed up together, he wasn't in a room very often. <laughs> he old. never was. So what what's to me is like if there is a long game or a short game or looking at this thing, and you go back, and I'm a geek about reading about Bay of Pigs, and, and so the Kennedys – and the – there's in a book that's really well done. This Frank, Frank and uh, Marilyn book about Marilyn Monroe. So they're going to go out and they're going to start the campaign, and and Frank Sinatra is enamored with Jack Kennedy. Wants to go out and campaign for Jack Kennedy. And of all people, um, we talked about this before. Dean Martin won't go, and he said, "I'm not going to go out there and campaign for a bunch of effing Irish gangsters." That's who they were. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, Bobby Kennedy is a bad, bad person. And did he, in fact, oh, I was going to tell you a story. Um, It's a true story. Um, We did a a program here. Bill Owens is governor of Colorado. We did one state, one book. This is, and there are witnesses to it. And we chose um, Pete Hamill's book, A Snow in August, about uh, about the little Irish kid, and he works with uh, with a rabbi, and it's after the Second World War, and his dad was killed at Normandy, and he is be- he's um, he's working with this rabbi. And it's a, it's the summer Jackie uh, the Jack Robbins uh, the Jackie Robinson comes into the majors, and I won't ruin the book for anybody, but Pete Hamill wrote the book, so we're in uh, Ellie Cockins Opera Center here in Opera in Denver. It's a big room, and at the table were Governor Owens. Dan Hopkins, who was his press secretary, my heart surgeon's wife, me, Pete Hamill, and uh, Bill Owens' state patrol team. So we're sitting there, and I knew that Pete Hamill dated uh, Jackie Kennedy after the murder. So, I I mean, I adored Pete Hamill. I just thought he was the best. And so we're sitting there, and I said, can I ask you something? He said, sure. I said, what did Jackie Kennedy believe about the murder of her husband? And he said to me, and the witnesses were there, he said, she believed in the conspiracy to kill her husband. Right. Wow. Wow. That says volumes right oh, there. Absolutely. It's a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one thing, uh, Peter, we, uh, we had to ask one of our witnesses. It was a woman who had known Jack Kennedy very well. She had been George Smathers' girlfriend. Uh, and I asked her, later she became involved with Peter Lawford, and yeah. I asked her about a year ago, I said, I know Peter had a, you know, falling out with the family to a certain extent after the divorce from uh, Pat, but he also stayed fairly close to some of them, and he, she said, yes, he, he did. Uh, and I said, did he ever comment on whether the family thought LBJ was at least partially to blame for this. And she said he never made any reference at all to Lyndon Johnson. Mm. And I said, well, would y'all close enough that he would have? And she said, yes, I think so. And also because at that point he was drinking so heavily that he would say things he probably shouldn't have been saying. But it never did indicate 
that the family thought Lyndon Johnson no, might have been. No. But they knew. They knew. I mean, they knew about, they knew Jack oh, and yeah. organized crime, his father and organized crime. The CIA hated him. They knew all this stuff. Right. And it, it could be, by not ever mentioning that name, that that's a great deal also. You know, to, to me, and being an old guy and being able to witness all of this stuff and looking at the great sadness, here we are Saturday morning, the 14th of January, 2023, and we're talking about November 63, and yet the echoes of this go on and on and on and on. The repetitiveness of this goes on and on and on and on. Um, and, you know, the moment will come for the Warren Commission, or excuse me, for the 9-11 Commission as it came for the Warren Commission. They have suppressed so much, and they've hidden it away. And particularly the stuff about the Saudi Arabian involvement in what happened on that terrible day, 9-11. So now the, this is from my reading, an executive order set a new deadline of May 1, 2023 for the archives to propose and review redactions beyond June 30th, 2023. In other words, there's far more to come, right? Right. So... What happened on that terrible day, November 23rd, 63? Quintana, what happened? I think a patsy was set up to take the blame for an organized hit. Absolutely. And he had been set up 30 months before. Maybe when... Or even further. And maybe this all started when... Kennedy was elected and Johnson was vice president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The know, question that we ask our students is if this were to happen again, God forbid, to any future president, would the American public just sit and accept another Warren Commission? Or would at this time, would they demand actual answers? You know, when. And I was alive and, you know, a young man working when the Warren Commission stuff, you know, because it begins two weeks after his death. They start the Warren Commission. And most historians now believe all the Warren Commission was going to do was be pablum. It was going to, like we talked about in the last hour, it had a conclusion that Lyndon Johnson and the power elite wanted, that Oswald acted alone, and then two days later, this lunatic, Jack Ruby walks in and does a clean shot at Oswald, wrap it all up in a little box, put a ribbon on it, and hand it to somebody. Here it is. Here's the answer. And that, that they wanted to quell the American people. Do you believe that? Yes. Yes. They wanted to pacify him. And actually, yeah. I believe when Kennedy was nominated for, to be for the Democratic Party, it started at that time. Hmm. When Johnson told his wife, he was just a heartbeat away. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, organized crime is with Jack Kennedy. Uh, the CIA, they think Jack Kennedy will do Bay of Pigs. Remember, it's, it's Nixon and the Republicans that planned the Bay of Pigs, not Jack Kennedy. He, he, he didn't plan it. He didn't plan it. Absolutely. And he, what he did was... According to the Cubans, when you speak with them, he chickened out. Yep. 
And that sets them up, and that sets organized crime up. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> Let me do a turnaround with you guys. Um, I always get floored by this. Three, oh, let's see, 710 came to us, 21 after the hour, 11, 1121. We're talking, these women are brilliant. The Lone Star Speaks, the untold Texas stories about the assassination of John Kennedy. Sarah Peterson and K.W. Zachary, Contana Zachary, and the archives just dropped right after the holidays. And you can go online, wade through them, and you can come up with the stuff. The one that jumped on me was the Harvey Oswald phone call that he's in Mexico. And these guys say it might have not been him. And the problem is you can't dispute anybody anymore in this because there isn't one. But it just, it made, looking back on it retrospectively, it's the model that just continues and continues and continues and continues. And as I said, what Cheney and George W. Bush did, <laughs> unforgivable. Cowboy Moving and Storage is the recommended mover. Go to cowboymoving.com and click on the customer reviews. It's incredible, 1,300 reviews, all very positive, these Google ratings and everything about them. And I, I mean, I just think the world of these folks, they help me, and I've seen them do so many great things. Cowboy provides... Residential commercial moves through Colorado can store your valuables. They this this load and hole, which I think is the coolest program. And it's happened to everybody. Basically, you're moving a new office or residence, and you've got to leave your current location because a new place isn't ready. This is how it works. Load and hold trailers. They come, and these trailers are just terrific, and they're, they put them in warm, dry places, and nothing happens to your goods. And so then the time comes. We can move in now, and here comes the load and hold to your house, and they unload it. Cowboy is the recommended mover. They're involved with service dogs, Freedom Service Dogs, which is great stuff. And the men work hard, and from moves to loads to holds to storage, and just get a, you want to get an estimate, you got to move the piano, or I don't know, moving grandma. They just do it. Many of the guys have been with Cowboy for years. They truly make the difference. Moves to loads to holds to storage. Cowboy, the recommended mover since 1968. Cowboy donates a portion of every move to Freedom Service Dogs. Cowboy moving. Get the estimates at 303-789-2200. Make the call today. Morning, everybody. It's a Saturday morning, January 14th. 2023, 710K US 55, mild and dry today, and 47 tomorrow. Peter Boyle's on the air everywhere. Wonderful guest, and uh, we're planning out next week as well. We sit, Blake and I. David Ellis, Cherry Creek, you heard me about talking about David. We saw David actually on Christmas Eve taking your valuables to David Ellis Jewelers to get a fortune in cash and secure an appraisal from David for all your valuables that have tucked away in your home. It's still true. Let me share the same reasons to see, David, just in case you don't have a Rolex, rare coins, or a silver tea set. See, David, for all of your most meaningful gift-giving occasions, David Ellis Jewelers has the right item, adjust the right price for all the special people, and that means the, the, the most money. An antique watch, an emerald pennant, gold, a gold necklace, a diamond ring. Trusted jeweler has been buying precious metals and antiques in Colorado for decades, as it does these dazzling display cases, and it's just the greatest place. He is my friend. Visit David Ellis and see for yourself. Holidays are over. Look for the black awning on the corner of 3rd and Clayton six days a week, and David's there. Ask for David. David Ellis, Cherry Creek. Explore CherryCreekJewelry.com. Talk to them. Talk to David at 303 322 8779. 303 322 
877-970-8770. 877-970-8770. 877-970-8770. 877-970-8770. 877-970-8770. 877-970-8770. 877-970-8770. 877-970-8770. 877-970-8770. 877-970-8770. 877-970-8770. 877-970-8770. 877-970-
American citizens should have, steel mills, coal mines, whatever, moves into Pakistan, Bangladesh. And, and this is all part of this stuff. I mean, I see it as this giant monolith that Jack Kennedy would not be a Democrat today. The Democratic Party would have nothing to do with Jack Kennedy today. Um, and yet, it, yet the beat goes on. And I, you know, I come back, I've said it now twice this morning, but what Dick Cheney and George W. Bush did in the Middle East is a crime. They, they, that was criminal. And people died. And now George Bush is like this sort of Grandma Moses character in Texas that makes paintings. He should not be allowed to get away with that. I'm sorry. So, so what would it take to address that issue? Well, people don't want to. And I, I really think will, um, as Gordon Liddy said, will. But the, the will to want to know or the way that suppression happens or, um, I mean, I, 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 I'm not that smart. But, I, but I, the other one was always, and you guys allude to it too, is how the uh, – Jack, here's Jack Ruby. And like I said, when we – when I'm a kid and the Warren Commission comes down and I'm to believe all these things that I was trying to write it down that Johnson, a week after the assassination uh, and the Warren Commission meets for 10 months and Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone, fired three bullets from the sixth floor of a school depository building. And then Oswald's death comes 48 hours later at the hands of this local nightclub owner, Jack Ruby. It's a, it's a spontaneous act of revenge is what the commission said put it on a nice little box, put a ribbon on it, and hand it to the American people, and you're supposed to feel better. Did we? Yes, <laughs> Did we? I don't know. It, I suppose it made us feel safer. There was yes. no group of people out there who might do this again. Yeah. And one of the questions we asked one of our witnesses was Iris Campbell, and who had worked for Cliff Carter, who was mm-hmm. Johnson's wife. And we said, was Let's, common sense would tell you that Johnson should have been worried about his own life oh, yeah. after what happened to his predecessor. Was he? And she went, oh, no. no. And no. I said, why not? Well, there are stories about him hiding on the airplane and crying and the, the colonel to flew Air Force One, punch, not punching him, but smacking him in the face. Um, he was a pretty good actor. Johnson. <laughs> the best. There, all right, let me give you this one. I wrote this. I mean, for you guys, there's so that now there's two conspiracies. There's a conspiracy to assassinate Jack Kennedy and even a greater one, maybe more insidious conspiracy to the government, powerful figures, the media to cover it up. Do you think that's a fair question? Okay, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Well, we consider it a three part event, the planning, the assassination and the cover up. And when we speak to people, we talk about it as a three-part assassination event. And the cover-up and the planning are just as important as the assassination. Yeah. But three of the, that those parts don't necessarily intertwine because of plausible deniability. You don't need to know how this is going to be done as long as you'll put up the money and help us. Yeah. You don't need to know how it's going to be covered up. And so if you're questioned about that, you can honestly say, I have no idea. 
You only need to know your little part. And that's how military intelligence works. That's how the well, yeah. yeah. That's how the monster works. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a box, and you only know one guy in the box. Yeah. Right. If the CIA and the FBI lied to the Warren Commission, which I firmly believe they did, the reasoning is they had something to hide, and that's why they lied. Is that fair? Absolutely. See? So, I mean, conspiracy theories were always on the Russians or the Cubans, and I don't think the Russians and the Cubans had a damn thing to do with this, did they? I don't think there's any evidence of that. All right. Me neither. There was a, a gentleman who, who actually was in the military at Fort Walters in Texas on the day Kennedy was assassinated, and his job was to listen to radio transmissions. Mm-hmm. He picked up a transmission from Cuba where once it had been announced that Kennedy was shot and killed, that they basically were laughing mm-hmm. because it was being blamed on foreign agents mm-hmm. when, when actually done by our own government. Yeah, they knew it. The Khrushchev stuff was because Khrushchev feared, now, you know, it's all through filters with reading Khrushchev, but Khrushchev feared that the Soviets would be blamed and the Cold War would escalate with a dead John Kennedy. And that um, that was his fear. And he said, you know, we had nothing. It's like there's a wonderful book called Debriefing the President, the guy who, the CIA guy who debriefed Saddam Hussein. And he tells the story of Saddam and uh, Tarek Aziz are watching like French CNN or Al Jazeera or something. And they see the uh, towers falling in New York. And Saddam alleges to have said, now George Bush will understand what we have been talking about. And... Instead, George Bush then starts to lie, and they trump up a war, and they attack and invade Iraq. But in this moment where Saddam says, now George Bush will understand what I've been saying or what we've been talking about, about these jihadi, rogue, crazy terrorists that are Saudi Arabians, his enemy. Guess what? George Bush turned it on him. Do you think he suspected that would happen? You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to defend Saddam because he's a horrible human, but it, you know, it, it, it happened. And it's like Khrushchev, apparently from my reading, in the wake of Jack Kennedy's murder, his greatest fear was, well, they're going to come at us harder now and we had nothing to do with it. And they didn't have anything. I don't believe they had anything to do with it. But when I was a young guy, you know, the Russians were always being blamed for it. Right. That's true. And they, they had nothing to do with it. Do you think that do you think Fidel Castro knew who actually did this? I think he had his own intelligence system mm-hmm. and I very well have had an idea of yeah. who had done. Listen, you guys, this has been a wonderful, wonderful morning. Um you know, I take a last comment. What what would you like to say? Sarah, what would you like to say to the audience about this? By the way, I love the show. Thank you. What would you like to say? I'd like to say we need to stand together and stop this pattern. Yeah. I would like to to try to tactfully say to people who 
want to stick their heads in the in a hole and say none of this ever happened. It never will happen. I I think it's time we all said living in La La Land anymore. No, it's happening. We, it's, we, yeah, we got a, a, it happens while we speak, while we spoken. Yeah. yeah. And they can make it, they, the powers that be, they can make this into something we're not supposed to believe, and and here we are. You're fabulous. The book again, uh, and I, I don't know, I, I don't even know how I got this book, which is really one. Somebody said, how'd you get the book? I don't know. I, somebody was on a reading, reading list or something, and I said, we got to get these ladies on the show. And this was, gosh, this was a long time ago. Let me go to my notes. That's <laughs> why so I got your book plug here. Someplace here it is. Uh, the Lone Star Lone Star speaks untold Texas stories by the JFK assassination. And guys, uh, I, where can people find the book? On Amazon, also in uh, places like Barnes and Noble. Okay, uh, you can get it directly from Bancroft Press, who is the publisher. Okay, I think this book from Brandon Stickney. Yeah, maybe that's where I got it. I'm trying to remember where but, I got the book. Yeah. Well, take care of yourselves, both of you. You're necessary and you're brilliant, and you made the show work this morning. Both of you, take care. Thank you very much for having us. Oh, please, you guys. Be safe. Thank you. All right, we have some moments where I want to go back and recap the first hour. But studies have shown that risk factors for heart attacks and diabetes and dementia increases our hormones and metabolism decline. It is clear keeping your hormones at optimal, optimal levels is vital for Ideal health and helps reduce body fat, improve muscle tone, energy levels, cognitive ability, sexual function. And I always have to talk about Dr. McCowan. She saved me. She is a healer. It seems like every month I go with Dr. McCowan and I sit and I talk to her. And Dr. Watt at Cenogenics can help get your metabolism, get your hormones, get everything detailed, healthy with your body back in tune. I'm an old man. I'm rolling along. They Take a detailed look at all your body systems, your brains, your bones, your muscles, your heart, your lungs. Provide, uh, again, supervised plan to help you lose weight, gain lean muscle mask, uh, mask, I'm not reading, mass, and increase your mental clarity. I can't tell you how wonderful these guys are. Schedule your elite health evaluation. Receive complimentary food allergy tests, normally 840 bucks, and call Cenogenics 720-387-3681. Seven. Okay. It is 11.48, 12 before the hour, coming up on time. Saturday, mild dry at 55. And Danny Kaplis, law firm of Dan Kaplis. Danny believes all the right things. He was tremendous to my family. We went through some stuff. The only lawyer in Colorado history to win five straight multi-million dollar jury verdicts and motor vehicle crashes. He's got the great team around him. A lot of the guys are former DAs, and they're working now with Danny, and they use their tremendous courtroom experience. And Capitalist's law firm believes talks cheap, experience counts, results matter, and the firm would be happy. And this is what I would urge you to do. If you have an issue, you're thinking about something, something's happened to your family, whatever it is, a track record of outstanding jury verdicts, out-of-court settlements, make the call. Talk to them. The firm believes core values have been the foundation of historic success, faith, integrity, hard work and dedication to right causes. Danny's such a good man and a longtime friend. You need help, you call him, 303-907-5003, 303 
907-5003, dancaplislaw.com, C-A-P-L-I-S-Law.com, 303-907-5003. I want to start with the first hour of the show this morning, and I came in hot, was mad last night talking to friends about what was said here on the radio show about trusting sober people and the sobriety and then this police officer. Um, I like George Brockler immensely. I supported George when he was taken in as a replacement for the show. It's by no means is about George as a person. But the things that were said about trusting sober people, I mean, I heard from every one of my friends that's in sobriety that were that had heard it and were angry. Um, it's a learning process about sobriety, and so with that, with apologies to everything that happened, but it's wrong. And this young officer now has been sober for 36 months. He puts his uniform on, shares his story with police cadets and, and groups, and he attempts to avoid what happened to him to others, and he is trustworthy. And in somewhat of a blind moment to say that we are not trustworthy. And Mark Crowley and I have been texting one another throughout the morning about this as well. And it needed to be done publicly because it happened publicly. And, you know, forgiveness is all we offer. Forgiveness is the only power we have. If you want to have any other powers on earth, you don't have them, but you have forgiveness. But this police officer has done nothing but be an accomplished young police officer, goes into treatment, he's sober for 36 months, he does these things, he takes the career service test and he aces it. And he gets apparently maybe promoted to detective. But to condemn someone in sobriety condemns so many of us. And people that I know that are airline pilots, division chiefs, under sheriffs, all of us, to say that, you know, no one can trust anybody after once. That just takes away the power of forgiveness and the power of making yourself well again. Nothing against George, only what was said. And the Aurora Police Department has promoted this officer who was found passed out drunk in a patrol vehicle. Uh, it was He was on duty March of 2019. Uh, I did not talk directly to him. That's not allowable, but I spoke to many people around him. He is sober now, and he shares his story with police cadets. He's wearing his uniform. He's a warning. His new title apparently is detective or agent detective, and he's got all of the sobriety in it. What would what, what would it say to other officers or to other people that want to go get sober, but now they're afraid? That was why the other A was anonymous, so you could not know and then be condemned for this horrible disease of alcoholism and drug addiction. And by the way, one more thing. The stupid city of Denver has treated this as behavior. And it's not. It's a disease. Treat these people like there's a plague. Treat these people like it's COVID. You know, there's a plague there. The plague, the disease of alcoholism and drug addiction. Treat it like that. And things will begin to change. Treat it like, oh, these poor people, they're just homeless. Then you're going to lose and get beat. It's the same thing. You apply that to people like the police officer and so many, other, so many others of my friends, judges, division chiefs, undersheriffs. It is there. And I love this. I'll 
tap out on this. This is the final text of the morning. No one deserves a lack of trust for being honest and working on a problem. Uh, Peter, I'm a nurse. If I had an incident at work and I was under the influence, the state would at least take my license careers over. That's part of it. But that was the system itself. Cops protecting cops. Gee, that's never happened before. Nurses protecting nurses. Gee, that's never happened before as well. It's not about that. It's about the last 36 months of the man's life. And he didn't deserve to get trashed. He really didn't. And it trashes all of us. So I'm sure we'll be back at some of this. I don't know. You know, one of the things that's happened is the bird show that's been on here since forever. And now they've sold their business. We're going to get them on the, on, the, on the show next week. We'll get the bird guys on the show and we'll talk. But understand the disease of alcoholism. Once you begin there, the alcoholism is a disease. It's not a behavior. Treat it like a disease. you got a chance. Treat it like a behavior you'll lose every time. The city of Denver sits in the middle of insanity. And this is just this is like a, a disease, a covid but it's far worse than COVID that surrounds this city. And the next mayor, and I I watched that Kelly Bruff say, she's going to end homeless sweeps. Well, that's it for you, lady. You you gotta do something and you gotta do it the right way. And you treat these people that they're sick. They're alcoholics and they're addicts and they're sick. It's not a behavior. They don't need some place to stay. They don't need food. They need to change. Uh, to George Brockler here Monday morning. Thanks, man. I'll see everybody. Blake, you did a good job, Bubba. Thanks. I'll see everybody next Saturday morning. I'll see you Wednesday on the shoot. And we're going to do Mafia Spies. Take care of yourselves. Thank you. Stretch a little bit. Stretch a little bit. We're going to go skiing. <laughs> Stretch that one. And uh, i got to do my... All right. Get me out of here. You ready? Punch it up. No? Yes, maybe. All right. Kiss. See ya. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.